0: Okay, beloved, we open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12... And I'm really highlighting, I'm really focusing on verses 22 to 24, uh, but I'd like to read for you kind of the the whole section, it's obviously part of a bigger section, the whole chapter is on the body of Christ. Uh, But Paul particularly wants to emphasize the unity of that body by the importance of the various members, and in particular today what I want to focus on is verses 22 to 24, how much you who may not think you're very important or significant, how much you're actually the most important for the whole of the body life. And that's what we'll be looking at today. So I'll read uh, verses 20 to 27 of 1 Corinthians 12. We'll focus on verses 22 to 24. Hear now the word of the Lord. But now are they many members yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. What I'd like to do is just read for us again, 22 to 24. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. May the Lord bless the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the responding to his holy living word. Yesterday, during the ladies' baby shower, I packed the boys in the car in the in the Honda Odyssey, the van. We were gonna head out to do a little shopping, we're gonna go have a picnic, go to the park, have a good old time, and we went nowhere because it wouldn't start. This is what I got. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, the battery, I guess, isn't so good. So we connected it to the Toyota, and after several tries. Similarly, still got. I almost felt like the Honda wanted to say, okay, already, stop, it hurts. I said, oh boy. So uh, we determined uh, uh, with my uh, son in law, especially in his guidance, who's helping us to fix it, which I'm excited. uh, It's the starter motor, it's dead. And when the starter motor is dead, that car will not start. I mean, you don't see the part. It's relatively small, we went and bought the replacement last night and uh, got a little bit started. You don't see it, it's under the hood. I don't know about you, but I almost never even think of the starter motor unless it's not working. Oh, I pay attention to the tread of the tires and, uh, you know, the lights. I'm a little more aware of the battery or different things. But I hardly ever think of the starting motor until it's not working. And that's what I'm thinking about now, (laughs) though it's small and it's very necessary for the whole thing to work. Last week, I shared a story with you about reconciliation, about getting our other van fixed. And I realized one thing later I checked and I actually spoke of what probably the issue is the accelerator. And most of you, I think, who might know uh, are very kind not to have commented because I don't think there is a thing called an accelerator. (laughs) I meant to say alternator. (laughs) Looks like that will need eventually to be replaced as well. But, you know, the alternator, without it, you're not going to accelerate at all. And in that case, when it's gone, if I recall correctly, having gone through a few, uh, when it's gone, there isn't any sign you, and there's no, eh, 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 there's just nothing. It won't start. And again, alternator. Any of you think about that much when you are driving your car regularly? We don't, it's under the hood. We hardly even notice it. But when it's gone, nothing. If it died, it won't go. If it's out of joint, if it's not connected properly, nothing will happen. Uh, similarly with our Honda, we have, uh, I've never seen this in other cars, but one of the connectors to the positive side of the battery, it's, it's a different size and so it has a, a thing you have to tighten to get it to connect properly. But if I don't have a special shint that, I can, that you can get just to shove it in there and get better contact, if I don't have that little shint, the car won't start. It has to have that connection, and it's that little piece that makes it happen. You see, what seems insignificant, small, tiny little thing, what seems to have very little monetary value in these cases—sometimes not the starter motor, but that little shant at least—you know—is uh, actually an essential part of the working whole. An essential part of the working whole. And so the church, and each of the members of its body, each. And in fact, those that seem the least significant are most important. Paul says the apparently small and least important parts of Christ's body, the church, are actually the most vital for its body life to be able to function and move as one. I give that to you as the general idea of what we're looking at in our text today, uh, the, the general point of our text in context. The apparently small and least important parts of Christ's body, the church, are actually the most vital for its body life to be able to function and move as one. Again, especially we see this in verses 22 to 24. Paul really emphasizes this kind of in the middle of the broader conversation of the concern to be unified as one and how much we need one another. The danger of thinking we might not need one another the same and overlook certain of us that actually we need to be valuing the most. If we're going to actually have the unity as one, this whole context being the body. Now notice the contrast uh, in verses 22 to 24. Those in the church who seem to be the least honorable or needed are actually the most valued and necessary. The whole needs all the parts and all the parts need to see us together, united in life and living. Now look at his illustration in verse 21. To make the point, and the eye cannot say into the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. It's kind of funny when you think about it right Uh, But the eye you know it sits atop Of the body it takes in everything Brings everything into the brain To be processed it's kind of the the Visionary looking around Ahead to the future looking around Peripherally of what needs to be dealt with now that All the body knows how to respond and what to do That seems like a pretty part of the body And actually the Institute for Creation Research uh, has an article out Recently you can see on their website About the eye and they have this at the local Creation museum also how incredible an organ that is and it's impossible could have evolved. It's, It's an extremely incredible organ. And yet as important as it is and as impressive as it is atop the body without the hand it could not point without the hand it could not pick up what it's looking at without the hand It couldn't put anything into its mouth for the body to feed. It couldn't grasp and hold on to anything or anyone. Though the brain, it speaks of the head, though the brain is the place of processing and deciding everything that the eye sends into it, without the foot it could not walk, it could not jump, it could not walk, beloved, it couldn't even stand. The whole body would be on its back and the head and the brain as well. That's his point. What great need indeed of every part of the body, including what may seem so insignificant. Many of us can be in danger of thinking that about ourselves. Many of us, Paul, I think particularly is addressing. We could be in danger of thinking of that of someone else. And overlooking and neglecting body parts that, when they're not taken care of properly, it affects the whole. And he wants us to see that because we can ignore that. You know, we can be limping along like too many of we men. My wife's on me to get to the doctor. So you know, and this and that. I really should see the doctor. And because it's affecting, me, <laughs> it's hard to get out of a chair sometimes. It's hard to not fall over sometimes. It's just things you got to take a look at. That seems so insignificant. Ah, yeah, it will be fine. No, you got to go deal with it. And so this is the way it can go with our body. You know, the body of Christ. We can try to move along and. Over- overlook. overlook and neglect some of the more important though the kind you know it's not the squeaky wheels though they need the oil and they deserve it more than others sometimes right that's what paul's impressing us with the body parts that seem lesser in function or position are indispensable to those who are more prominent I want to remind you, the only reason that elders exist as a formal office and deacons, the only reason that a minister exists, the only reason there are such things as presbyteries is because of the body of believers, the church. So all of you are indispensable. Whatever role you fill, whatever phase of life you're in, each one of you are indispensable to the body of Christ, to the church, and to this church in particular. On behalf of session, I want you to know that your presence, each one of you, and that includes not only our formerly covenanted members, but our regulars, I want you to know Each one of you is always so powerful, just showing up for worship. You can't overstate how much you being you being here encourages us and supports us, especially when some of you who are particularly weak in certain ways go out of your way to make it happen. When others who may not have those hindrances hardly do. And for, it, it's just so encouraging. It's so it's supporting to us. I mean, your presence is felt when you're absent. and It's not that you don't need to be absent sometimes depending on God's providence. But you need to know how important you are to us. You need to know how you're preacher when you're here, or I know that you're listening online and watching online. If you can't be here, you need to know how significant you are to us. Every one of you. And for our little church, like Smyrna in Revelation, perhaps... Perhaps the greater church indeed still needs our contribution to the whole in Presbytery and in organic relations with other churches. Even how we provide what the Lord is doing here through our sermon audio page and the way that I'll often share as I did last night, insights from our great study through our membership class through the Westminster Standards. I often have a lot I can copy and paste from what you have been patient and willing to show up for and listen to and grow and study in the Westminster Confession. Uh, So many things about this scriptures, we have something to contribute as small as we are. We have something to contribute to the whole and thinking about ourselves that way motivates and encourages us to contribute and be careful not to think, Oh, shucks. Who am I? I have nothing to offer, offer humbly effort, but we have something to share and contribute. There's a reason for us to be here. We've had new folks here. We've had a person come to the Lord recently. This little place right here, the Lord has a plan and a purpose. And it's part of the whole. We need to be careful not to think too big of ourselves, but also in Christ, not too little of ourselves. Our elderly, you know, often sadly in our culture... Those of you and, and most of you uh, in our church can be overlooked, can be looked—I uh, think—I think—looks past, if not looked down upon. Thinking about, we got to bring in the young ones, got to bring in the, you know, the professional young professionals, got to bring in the young families and the kids. You know, and there can almost be a danger of as if you know, well, glad you're here, but we need to be thinking about other things. No, this is what Leviticus 19:32 tells us: "Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head." That means you with gray hairs, or the lack of it, if you're kind of the way my head goes. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God, I am the Lord. God commands we who are younger, maybe more in the prime of our life, so to speak, to know our place and to recognize the value of those who are in their more golden years, and even think to stand up and honor them upon entering the room. You may not think of yourself that way. That's how you should be. We may not think of ourselves that way as a church enough, but that's how we should be. The honor that is sitting before me in these pews. And our little children. So overlooked in so many Christian communities. I want you children to hear this. What does Jesus say when he's riding into Jerusalem, Matthew 21, 16, and he's in the temple, and they say, do you hear what the children are singing, and why are they singing the Hosannas and to the Son of David? Because they heard their parents doing it outside. Pharisees, do you hear what they're saying? Yes. Haven't you heard? And they quote Psalm 8, verse 2, out of the mouth of babes and suckling infants, thou hast perfected praise. That's what Jesus says about our little ones who don't even have words to say yet suckling infants. We're hearing, I think one of them right now is <laughs> a little bit of noise sometimes, uh, but you know, it's, it's, sweet. Our little Juliana. She's one year, right? And even before one year in family worship, sometimes here in church, I have to be careful not to distract it. As soon as we start singing praises to the Lord, start singing the Psalms, it starts dancing around just love, I mean, it's, she's praising in her way she can. And uh, the Lord is emphasizing these things. You know, the children can tend to be looked at as an afterthought. Maybe one day they'll come around. No, they're to be looked at covenant children who we are so responsible for raising in the Lord. I didn't plan this, but Juliana is saying amen in her way. <laughs> Matthew twenty-one sixteen, Psalm 8, verse 2. Matthew nineteen fourteen. Jesus says, when you consider the little children, such is the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, why is he saying this? Because the disciples said, get the children away from Jesus. He's too busy for the... No, Jesus says, come here, let me lay my hands on them. And by the way, that's important to recognize related baptism. He, partic- he officially blessed them, which is what baptism is. As such is the kingdom of heaven. What's the kingdom of heaven? The church. Jesus emphasizes children. I want you children to know that as we're raising you and sometimes you may feel insignificant, you might not get everything out of it. Remember what we studied in our Sabbath class today with Pastor Jason Holopolis with Ligonier uh, Family Worship. Why? And he shared the lovely, beautiful stories of his children and things that developed out of family worship. You who are at phases of life with physical weaknesses, together with us, you make us strong. And without you, we're not as strong. Matthew 25, verse 40. Jesus says, when you've cared for the physical needs of the least of my brethren, the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. Who does Jesus particularly identify as himself? The least of these, my brethren, the most in need, particularly of physical support. I think I've shared with you, but often uh, trained in seminary, uh, the president, one of my professors, I worked with him also. He said, you know, when you go to hospital visits, uh, those are so important, uh, but you always go away when you're visiting the saints blessed. You always go away feeling like you're more blessed than the people you've come to bless. And that's the truth. I can testify to that. I can testify. to that. I know the elders say the same. Uh, You know, we come to minister to you. We go away. You've ministered to us. Showing your faith in the Lord. And all this Paul speaks to illustrate that God has united us together. Verse 24 into one body. And that's what he wants us to emphasize. We're one. And you can't overlook. You can't overlook yourself or others who may seem unimportant. Less important. Paul is saying, you don't realize without them, we're not gonna start. We're not gonna move forward or we're gonna move forward with all kinds of weird things. You know, take care of everyone to be a healthy, unified one body That's really his main concern. But what we want to recognize today is some of you may think it's not important if you show up. Nobody will miss you. Yes, we do, beloved. And and, and you, you need to be here. This is no guilt trip when you can't be here, but you need to recognize how important you are. How important you are. You are missed. You must never be neglected. There is no tiny thing that you are dealing with that does not matter and is not significant to us all and affects us all. That's what he says in verse 26. Similarly, he writes in Romans twelve fifteen: rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Uh, you know, there's a uh, There's a song I've heard, a blues song that talks about uh, nobody loves you when you're down and out. (laughs) You know, I started, I had all this money, all this great, everybody wanted to hang out with me and party with me. And I'm not necessarily suggesting song in all its parts. But but then, you know, I lost everything. It's funny how all of a sudden nobody wants anything to do with me. Then I got some things back. Now they want me again. That's not to be the story of the church. You know, when we're down and out, it's when we need to be giving each other the most support. When somebody's going through suffering and pain and sorrow, the last thing that should happen is that everybody scatters because they don't want to deal with it. Too many people, that's why I don't know how to deal with it, I don't know what to say. Well, open your Bible, there's plenty there. I love you is sufficient. I care about you. I'm sorry this is happening to you. I'm thinking about you. Each of you needs to know how valuable and how vital you are to the church and his body and to this church and this body. I'm not sure if I had an opportunity to share with the Vermillions. I can't remember. I'm at the age where I just make sure I tell you if I forgot anyways listen to me again i'm, I'm at the age where i think you have to listen to me though most of you are i should be standing up when you enter the room <laughs> but in case i forgot when you joined the church it, partly because i think i forgot to tell everybody you'd be joining because and so it was a little bit of a surprise but you should have seen the smiles on people's faces there was a there was kind of almost elation there was such joy and happiness that you joined our body And I want you to know the the way the Vermilions talk with us, it's like they think we're doing them a favor. They are so thankful and honored to be part of us. But I saw it in all of you. You were so delighted that they honored us with their presence and their formal covenant as the body of Christ. Our life depends upon you all each living with us as one. We can't move forward without you, even out of the driveway, even out of the parking lot. And we can't make music together without you. Oh, it's always better when you're here, just even hearing one another's voices. You know, we had that lovely bird join us today. We heard, maybe that's why we had most of us are here today. That bird was like, can I get in on this? <laughs> and while I'm here, I'll remind you, don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus says, look at the birds, you know. And I'll remind you that Psalm 84 says the birds want to be building their nests in the temple of God. You are the temple of God. And so we're singing together. We can't really make music together without you. Just as if a guitar guitar doesn't have its bone bridge. What's that? Well, I'm going to tell you. And uh, interesting, it's called a bone bridge. So what that is, is a, a guitar, when you, when you have it, you might notice the strings are tied up here with the tuners. They come down the neck, along the neck, and they go down past the hole if it's an acoustic guitar. But even if it's an electric, they go past the main body where you strum, and they go into these pegs into the guitar body. But right before those pegs that hold the strings into the guitar on the bottom, there's this little thing, maybe, I don't know, about the same length as my finger, the width of the neck. And it, 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 it's there for the strings to go over just after where they're pegged in and then up the neck of the guitar. And here's, here's what happens when you don't have it, that little, little piece. I had it fall out years ago on my guitar. I'm like, what's wrong with my guitar? It would fall out. I had to go buy another one. Couldn't find it. I don't know where it went easy to overlook at first but then when you're trying to play a guitar nothing is going to come out of that thing that anybody wants to hear this week Isaac as some of you know was given a guitar <laughs> for free he's walking by at academy he's at where the one of the, the church that hosts it he's walking by the room where I, I think uh, I've heard it sounds like people practice their music and I, I guess he just saw a bunch of guitars and friendly Isaac that he is hey great guitarist I walked up back to his academy class. I'm walking to get him through the rain, running late, and one of the moms says, hey, Isaac got a gift today. I'm thinking, oh, that's nice. They must have all made. I'm thinking everybody got a gift today. I come through the door, and there he is holding. Dad, look, and he's holding this big old guitar. It's pretty beat up, but it's pretty nice. It's a pretty good one. But the reason I'm bringing it up, we needed to get new strings. We needed to get a, a gig bag to keep it from getting damaged and so on Monday we when we dropped off Abraham for his math class so okay we're, we had to look around interesting I kind of had fun thinking about this most music stores are not open at nine in the morning <laughs> I wonder why that is but uh, anyhow uh, there was one out in Point Loma we drove all the way to Point Loma and uh, went to this music store and uh, wanted to get the strings replaced wanted to check on whether some of the electrics could be fixed they they couldn't but it was didn't matter it was, it was actually turned out to be a pretty valuable guitar if it was new it's a pretty nice one and uh now that it's got its new strings on it really it sounds good it's a nice little guitar for him to be working with but here's the thing drove 20 minutes to go there and the man cut the strings as we wanted him to because we're going to put new ones on when i found out what he charged to put them on i said i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to look into the hole And see if we could work with any of the electronics And we couldn't, but that was okay, kind of expected it But here's the thing, we bought the new strings To put them on, we drive all the way back to the math class I put the first two strings On the bottom of the guitar And when you do that, you start to kind of test How they're working together, test the tuning And here's what I go on. That's not how guitar strings are supposed to sound When you play them, right? It was like I was hitting wood With wood Why? Isaac, the bone bridge is missing. That little white piece, that bone bridge, the strings have to go up and over. It just raises the strings just a little bit. But without that, the strings hit right on the neck of the guitar, which is what you're you know, going up on with your usually your left hand playing up and down. And you can't make any notes, and you can't get any sound other than blah, 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 blah if you just don't have that little tiny piece. It's so important I can't find it anywhere because I'm in the back of the van I'm like, I don't see it, I don't think it's in the van, it's not on the floor Do you have the bone bridge? Just somehow it's gone, it must have fallen out well, I don't know, I'll look everywhere and like, Isaac, it, Maybe it's in the parking lot where we first looked at it It wasn't there, we drove all the way back All the way back, we didn't have a lot of time to go get it And then we bought another one because they couldn't find it anywhere Because without it we cannot play this new guitar he just got It can't be played I mean you cannot play it at all It won't work but that little piece, when you put it in, and then I got all the nice new strings on, ooh, it was so pretty, it's nice. He, he's having fun. It's really sounding good. We're gonna try to have a nice song for you, the Abraham, myself, and Isaac with our guitars for the Puritan feast. But without that bone bridge on his guitar or our guitars, there's no music to be made. We need all the parts for the harmony of a song and a chord. You need all the strings. You have only one string? you supposed to have six strings on a guitar. You have one? Well, you might be able to play a little bit of a boring solo, but you're not gonna play much and you're certainly not gonna have any chords. You need them all. That is how important that little piece is for the whole instrument to do what it is designed for with all its parts. But unless it's missing, you never even think about it. Unless when you're changing your strings, you think a little bit about it because you line it up in their little grooves. but you almost never, which is why we didn't even notice it was missing. I know it has to be in that store, but Isaac counsels me, let it go, dad. (laughs) $10, I has to be there. But without it, we didn't know it was missing. We had to go back because it won't work without it, but it's so easy to overlook and miss. But without it, nothing. And that is the effect each one of you has in this church by being a bone bridge in some part of the body of Christ. Your presence is what makes the music happen. Your presence is what makes the chords. Your presence is what makes anything happen. You smallest, by the way, I'm not identifying any of you as that necessarily, but if I did... I think what Paul's telling us, you should be honored to be called that, right? But the message for you this morning, you smallest, help us all stand strongest. That's the message for you. You think it's not important if you show up next week? You think it's not important to hear your voice at the members at the at the annual meeting? You think it might not be important for this or that? All your thoughts, all your comments, all that you and only you can contribute are so significant in fact what's more you smallest help us all stay strongest let's move forward and ahead together this year with that let us pray Lord we thank you for reminding us that we all matter to Christ in fact Lord Jesus you came to shed your blood for each of your children so look at the unbelievable value, the inestimable value of the blood of Christ. Help us not to overlook one another. And Lord, some who are the, uh, the, the potentially weakest, seemingly less significant, Lord, help us to give them special attention as the most important parts of your body, we the body, and help everyone, and especially those who may think of themselves as less important to recognize how much they matter to us and to you and let them help us knowing the smallest help us all stand strongest. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the communion of saints. We thank you for your church and all her members. Help us all together to make beautiful music together to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. And all your people said,